Day 81. Karamatsu was lucky. He was given no end of attention by someone who loved him so very much. He was treated gently and kindly. He was given free meals daily, each individually prepared with consideration to both nutrition and his personal preferences. If he had a request, such as for a particular type of food or a certain book or an issue of a magazine, it was quickly fulfilled. He had a soft bed and clean clothes and ready access to running water. He wasn't beaten or abused or even so much as touched if he expressed that he didn't want to be. Things could have been worse, much worse, and he was lucky that they weren't. If the situation stayed like this, he could live. If he considered living and surviving interchangeable, at least. Jushimatsu no longer called for Karamatsu. He wondered if any of his brothers were still looking for him, still thinking of him. He wondered if they'd already given up. He wondered if none of them beside Jushimatsu had ever cared in the first place. He wondered if his parents had ever noticed. Six sons was a bit on the excessive side, wasn't it? They would probably be happier with five. Hadn't Shuramatsu said something similar once? And Osimatsu would be pleased to have one less brother to share with, anyway. And Todimatsu would be relieved not to have to tolerate Karamatsu's fashion choices anymore. Ichimatsu wouldn't get annoyed so often. Jushimatsu, if he still cared, would quickly forget and move on to the next fun and exciting thing. They'd all forget, sooner or later. They were also adamant about ignoring him as it would be as if nothing had changed at all. He knew that wasn't true, though. And weren't his present circumstances rather enviable anyway? He had someone who loved him more than words could describe waiting on him hand and foot. It was painful to walk and he had lost quite a bit of mobility in his right shoulder, but neither of those things were really all that important. With things being the way they were, he didn't need to clean anything or do his own laundry or make meals. He didn't have any errands or responsibilities. He was no longer under any pressure to find work. He could live out his entire life, or eighty some or more years of it, without ever having to worry about anything. Wasn't this basically paradise for a neat like Karamatsu? It was foolish of him not to try to enjoy it a little. It was foolish of him to try to justify giving up like this. Karamatsu wanted to go home. He really, really, really wanted to go home. Even if his brothers carried on as if he'd never been missing, even if they told him that they were better off without him around, he still wanted to see them. He wanted to hear their voices. What point was there in being loved if he had to drown his own heart to accept it? It wasn't love. It couldn't be called love. This wasn't what he'd wished for. Hello, Matskin. I've got something good today. Matsuri passed through the doorway with a white bowl in her hands and approached the table where Karamatsu sat with his arms folded on the surface and his head laid upon them. He watched her set the bowl down and regarded its contents with only the barest of interest. They're cherries, Matsuri said, seating herself. I saw them at the supermarket and they just looked too good to pass up. I was thinking about using some in the recipe. I don't like cherries. Matsuri blinked. Oh, really? No, Karamatsu didn't dislike cherries at all, but the words came out on reflex, automatic and unconscious. He was tired of this, he supposed, this ugly farce of acceptance. He was tired of feeling like there was no way left for him to fight back. He was tired of being the captive princess, waiting meekly in the tower for help that might never come. Karamatsu stared at the bowl of cherries, straightened his back and squared his shoulders. There was still something that he could do. No, he said. I won't eat them. 